Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Just like that. Your home for everything rugby league. This is Running It Straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt on SENZ. That is rugby league. Welcome into a Running It Straight for your Wednesday afternoon. Three minutes past three, Sam Hewitt here alongside Tony Kemp. We talk all things rugby league for the full hour before the run home takes over at four o'clock. As always, you can text anytime on double eight double three. Might even be able to take some calls as well um, in the next half hour. So if you want to ring up and have your say, 0800 But uh, give us a text if you like, double eight double three. Of course, we do our six again segment a bit later on where we answer your questions um, if you're one of the select few that get chosen. Uh, coming up on the show today, we're going to talk through those internationals from the weekend. Uh, plenty to get stuck into and Origin 2. New South Wales levelling the series. Um, Warriors centre Jesse Arthurs is going to join us. Uh, he's been a long-time Warriors fan. He's back with the club um, on loan from the Broncos and playing at Mount Smart this weekend, starting alongside Ewan Aiken in the centres. Um, and also we're going to ask him, what's he doing next year? Is he going to stay? Is he going to stick around for the Warriors? be good to keep him. Um, so we're going to chat to Jesse very, very shortly. Um, up the other side, we'll preview uh, this round's games. There are some uh, mouthwatering contests and a lot of Origin players backing up, which make things very interesting um, before we get inside the 10 with Kempe leading up to 4 o'clock. But we kick off the show, as we always do, with Kempe's call. Kempe's call. Guess what? Stay Origin is dead in 20 years if eligibility rules don't change and an international window isn't secured. 12 years ago, I had a conversation with the then CEO of the NZRL, Jim Doyle, about Origin eligibility and how Pacific players would eventually fill both New South Wales and Queensland teams. So 12 years have passed and have a look at this. Ponga, Gagai, Holmes, Tuolagi, Papali'i, Kafusi, Whaasua, Maluai and Nanai all play for Queensland. And Toho, Tupo, Luai, Curacao, Polo, Talakai all play for New South Wales. That's nearly 50% of origin in 12 years who are of Māori and Pacifica heritage today. Heritage today. But here's my point. What happens to origin when these Pacific players finally decide that their country of heritage, yes, listen to this, it should be called their country of origin because that's what it is already is more important than money. I'll tell you what happens. Origin dies unless the powers that be, yes, Mr. Valandis, change eligibility rules and schedule an international game. That's what happens. That was Kempe's Call. 
Right, okay. Well, give us a text on double eight double three if you've got a response to um, Kempi's call. Kempi thinks Origin will die in 20 years if and the eligible, uh, eligibility rules don't change. Kempi. Yeah, I, I honestly think that uh, uh, Origin needs to change its name from State of Origin to Country of Origin because 12 years ago, I noticed that the Pacific game was growing at a great rate of knots. Back in my day, um, Sam, about 2% of us were of Pacific heritage. You know, John Fafita, uh, who played for St. George, Sammy and Johnny Schuster, Sammy Stewart, Johnny Schuster, um, with just a, just a few hand, a sprinkling of us, Daryl Williams, the Edel brothers, for instance. Now, mate, mm. it's about 50% of the competition in the NRL. So common sense says, in another 10 to 12 years' time, state of origin will be Pacific origin. Well, I always go back to the, the comment Matty Johns made um, a couple of months ago now where I thought he made a brilliant point. You know, the Warriors were set up originally back in 95 as that almost their outlet for Pacific Island players. You know, here's a club you can come and play for, um, you know, that's, that's uh, I guess, taps into that market. Um, it's drifted away from that over the last couple of years. But I think back then there was a sense, Kempi, that, you know, there is this big Pacific nation and we're seeing it now. With, with with them all across the NRL, it's it's almost I wouldn't say an explosion, but you know they they, they are you know they are the teams and a lot of them play for Australia now as well. You think of Ponga putting his hand up for Australia, you know they um yeah they're... well they got no choice because Mel Meninga says if you want to play Origin you mm. have to play for Australia. You know that's Luai and Toru uh, they have, you know have to make that decision come the end of the year with the World Cup. I'll tell you what they're going to choose. They'll choose Samoa. That's my point. They are now saying that your money is not a big enough enticement. Mm. And if you want to keep picking us in origin, well, guess what? There's more of us coming behind us. Just to answer your question about the Warriors and that, and that Pacific flow, mm. yeah? Um, the reason why the Warriors in the Pacific uh, and the New Zealand team used to work so well is because the Pacific people used to come here for work. Mm. What you've seen geographically and the migration of, of Pacific Fano into Australia is what used to happen back in the 70s. So now West Sydney, for instance, um, Mount Druitt and those places where Luai and them all come from are all out there, just like the Ponsonby's way back then and now filtering back through the Penrith system and you're seeing this massive explosion of Polynesian players in the game. But on top of that, all you need to do is follow the NFL and the NBA. So that model where it saw the browning of the game is happening right before our eyes in the NRL. And if Mr. Volandis thinks that origin in 10 years' time is going to look like a state of origin, he's got another thing coming. Man, that's such a, that's an interesting point about, yeah, the, the move to the migration to Australia. That, that's a fascinating point. Um, I guess for a long time the NRL has treated origin as the pinnacle of the game. And, and probably for a lot of fans. And, and, and so it should be. Exactly. And a lot of fans have seen it like that can be, but the, I think it's at the expense of the international game, right? Like the international game to a lot of Australians, administrators, players, et cetera, is second rate to state of origin. Now, under this, under well, what you're- Well, it used to be. It used to be. But under your under what you're saying here, basically Origin is going to be playing second fiddle to internationals. Well, it, So it, you're it, saying well, state of country, is that just internationals? Are we just calling it an international- State of country sounds like a World Cup, well, you, you know? know. See, part of me says that the best players in the NRL should get to play for country of origin. That's mm. what they should call it. So you can't tell me that Jerome Luai, um, uh, James Fisher-Harris, uh, Joey Manu don't walk into any origin team. You know what I mean? So what that's what the, the future looks like. And 
yes, the international game, if players decide, because the players are going to decide this, eventually the players are going to say enough's enough, we actually want to play for our country and, and stuff your window, yeah. you know, if you have a look what Jason Tomalolo and, and Andrew Fafita have set up with the Tongan side, yep. everyone has started to follow, and what a wonderful weekend of international football we, we had, only for Mr. Volandis to come out and say, I'm canning it next year. Yeah. Now, the conspiracy theorist says the origin is under threat. You know what I mean? So let's remove the threat. Well, what's the threat? Well, it's the international game. Let's not give them that opportunity to play internationals. I think it's actually a naive, a naive way to look at it because you should grow the game through it. Mm. Make make the changes adjust with evolution and actually grow the game. So what what does country of origin look like as a as a like a series or a you know how does that work? Well, I, I still think you can run a similar model. I think people will still go to see it because the football it's all about the the product isn't it? Mm. And Queensland and New South Wales have got a wonderful product, but if they don't do anything about it, you're actually not going to get players from Queensland and, and New South Wales. As I named by all those players, you're going to get players coming from the Pacific Islands that are, bought, that are born there or brought up there but still have their heritage, their origin of heritage to a Pacific nation, whether it be New Zealand um, like Caelan Ponga or the, or the Tors and the Luais. So what I'm saying is that's a threat. Like, mm. And it's a major threat because we've seen what the Tongans do. The answer is change the model. You know, play the best play because that is the pinnacle, and I don't disagree with it. State of origin. It shouldn't be. It should be international football, but in rugby league it is. Mm. But you're going to have to try and protect it because I can see in 10 years' time, and this is what I said to Jim 12 years ago, I can see in 10 years' time that there isn't a Trebojevic in the team because he's just not going to be good enough. Mm. The athletes that are coming in and playing rugby league, mate, let's have a look at, let's have a look at the, the boy that's sitting on the wing at uh, Sydney City. You know, let's, Swally. you know, let's have a look at the type of athlete that's actually coming through. And you, can, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to say that in 12 years' time, there's a ton more of them coming through. If you get 50% of them players in that team now, imagine what it looks like in another 10 years' time. Mm, very interesting. Uh, text through double eight double three if you agree with Kempe. Um, very interesting topic, actually, that I'd love to keep going throughout the show. Um, we're going to be talking to Jesse Arthurs very, very shortly. But first, um, we'll just go through our uh, round rewind, taking a look at those internationals over the weekend. Round Rewind. Uh, well, let's start with the um, the Kiwis and Tonga on uh, on Saturday night. 26-6, the Kiwis. I think we probably thought it might be a little bit closer, Kimpy. We even talked last week about, you know, Tonga even coming out and, and maybe upsetting the Kiwis. But, I mean, that was, we talked about it being one of the best Kiwi sides we've ever seen. one of the best Kiwi performances you'll see. Oh, 100%. I don't know who was talk, saying they were going to be close, but uh, I thought there was 20 points in it. Uh, and my odd, all I, on paper... Best spine, best middle, great all, uh, all over uh, shape of the site, and they delivered until the rain came down. So uh, exciting going into the World Cup. Uh, Joey Manu, I mean, four hundred, three hundred meters, freakish. unbelievable, absolutely freakish. Um, do we see potentially with Tonga what we talked about the lack of the direction and say like the halves? We, the, I think the forwards were okay, but I just felt like they had no creativity on attack. They had no, I guess, structure like the Kiwis had. Well, they had no chance to attack because they were in the wrong side. With wrong end of the football um, field. Their position on the football field was really poor. They were coming mm. out of their, their half basically for 70% of the game. So, yes, it was their spine, just wasn't up to it. Havili, yeah. uh, Amone, and, and even our, our centre from Brisbane um, that was running around out there in the 5 ages, he just couldn't get couldn't get the kicking game in order. So, you now the Kiwis dominated it all, all across the park. Who impressed you the most individually? 
Oh, Joey Manu was a standout for 400 metres, but I thought the middle was outstanding. Mm. You know, the way that Jesse Bromwich passed the ball, for instance, um, and just kept moving their defensive line around, because that's where the collision was happening in the middle of the park. While we were there watching it, it was really severe. You know, it was severe collision in the middle, but New Zealand wouldn't allow that collision to stop them from playing football. Uh, Fisher Harris was outstanding. Incredible, yes. Absolutely outstanding. And my player of the day was Kenny Bromwich. I thought Kenny Bromwich was, you know, a lot of people don't actually see the amount of work he does defensively along with his attack. Um, He was very good. And uh, I should have actually asked you at the top of the show, Kimby, you first time at Mouse Martin, three years, mate. How did that, what was that like? Well, mate, it was the same box, Sammy, calling the game. It was yeah. actually quite cool walking through there. Um, man, it was awesome with a full full house of Tongans. I take my hat off to the support. You know, the Tongan supporters are beautiful supporters. They, you know, were happy, jovial. There was a little incident there. I think they're making, you know, a mountain out of a molehill um, in the media currently. But other than that, to get that much support across South Auckland into uh, Mount Smart Stadium and just like I said in the breakfast show I don't think they cared if they won or lost they were just happy to be yeah. sort of supporting their nation yeah they were still singing in the 80th minute um, the other game on Saturday night was uh, Samoa and the Cook Islands and that Samoan team just looked fantastic David Nofaluma got four tries um, so if you had money on him uh, you know he did very very well um, yeah that, that, that's a force I think for the future as well they had a bunch of those Panthers boys in there Taylor Mayos at Targo um 42-12, just, yeah, getting the job done. Yeah, well, I watched that game. I went home and watched that game as well. And, uh, you know, they jumped out really early and got a, got a, a bit of a jump on Cook Island, Cook Islands. But for the next 20, 30 minutes, the Cook Islands, they could have gone over three times, got held up over the line and, and started to come back into the game. But they threw a couple of intercept passes out to Dave uh, Nufaluma. Uh, and he just, mate, speed to burn. Try scoring machine. And, there, and Josh Schuster. Yeah. Josh Schuster. Honestly, we're going to hear more of that name uh, for years to come. He was just unbelievable. Yeah, some awesome images of him, you know, tearing up for the national anthem. Shows what it means to these boys. Um, Papua New Guinea and Fiji. Now, I don't know, I can't remember what we picked last Wednesday. Oh, I picked Fiji. Yeah, I felt like the, the sentiment was going to Fiji, but Papua New Guinea, um, and the side was good on paper, the Papua New Guinea side, but they stepped up big time, 24-14. Yeah, well, Mr. Flanagan didn't do his coaching credentials any damage here, coaching the Papua New Guineans to a win. Um, young Lamb, uh, that's Adrian Lamb's son, playing a halfback out of Sydney City, and just the way that they, like, they're tough, man. Like I always say, the, the Papua New Guineans to play against, you know, they're four foot tall, but they hit like they're ten foot tall, you <laughs> yeah. know. And they took the game to Fiji and, and just outplayed them. And I'm real happy for, for Papua New Guinea because it's their national sport, you know. So for them to get a win on this occasion in this window would do, you know, so much just for the country. I'll tell you what, Kempi, um, what that did for me over the weekend, I am so fizz for the Rugby League World Cup. Absolutely I, cannot wait for that. And I actually think it's it's actually a good thing we didn't have it last year and it's been moved to this year. I actually think that's the best thing that could have happened, you know? Yeah, um, look, I, th- I think, Sam, what, what actually happened on the weekend was that a lot of other players got the, the itch yes. about making that team because yep. they they would have seen the weekend, they would have seen the support, but they would have seen the opportunity that, man, we've actually got a shot. Mm. So you couldn't, you know, we haven't seen the Aussies play, we don't know what they're coming up with um, outside of origin at the moment, but you've got to look at that Kiwi team, on, and I've said this, this all week, they're a dead set chance. Yes. You know, England would feel the same up there beating the Pacific All-Star team. A Tonga, Samoa are only going to get stronger when they get all their players back. So, yeah, man, it's, it's going to be the best World Cup I think we've ever seen. And uh, finally, on Sunday, of course, State of Origin Game 2 um, in Perth. Uh, New South Wales levelling the series 44-12. Uh, a few talking points out of this. 
Kimpy, but what did you what did you take away? Well, I, t- I took away that Joel Kane when he spoke to us on the breakfast show last week was smack you know smack dead on right. You know he said that they're going to win by twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, the Penrith and getting Curacao into hooker to help out with the Penrith, uh, Penrith mix along with uh, Matt Burton that went into the centres outside towards to tighten up that left edge, and then the kicking game and it, and and releasing Nathan Cleary and guess what Nathan Cleary picks up the MVP. So. Um, you know the the thing with the Perth exercise is such a long way away. It's a, such a different week for them, and and I'm glad that it's a one one um, even series at the moment because now they're going to go back to Brisbane. Yeah. Everyone's going to write Brisbane off, mm. but you never write Brisbane off when they play at home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the bit of controversy that people talked about was the uh, obviously the Felice Kafusi sim bidding, and a lot of people said, oh, you know, that changed the game. I think he'd be. If you lose 44-12, it ain't one sin bidding that's done the damage for you in, in a game It changes like momentum. It and, does. And in the context of the, the sin binning, it, there's more to it than that. And that's Freddie getting into the coaches the week before. And I don't know if you saw it on Friday, but at the at the final coaches captain catch-up, which was a public um, meeting in town in Perth, uh, Billy Slater got up after the meeting and gave, gave – uh, Freddie a bit of a mouthful about how, what he said about the Queensland players were doing in the ruck. Freddie got to the referee. Yeah. That referee will not ref the third origin. I did think though that um, if you look at the penalty count leading up to the simming, they had about four or five set restarts and penalty. I, I, like I thought it was fair, um, but then I also thought that Queensland didn't respond. Kempe. And you know, sometimes you see teams really bounce back from a yellow card and they really you know come together and say, boys, head down. But um, I felt like Queensland went the other way. Um, well, so they, they are. They're moments that change games and momentum in rugby league is the, is the mm. biggest um, shift that you can have to actually uh, capitalise on and that was a that was a telling moment. Sending Confuci to the Sinbin was a moment that actually changed the, the, the shape of the game and like Freddie said uh, at half time when they went in and there was only a couple of points between them he thought they were well on top and it, and it proved that he was right in the end. Mm. Uh, text in double eight double three if you've got any thoughts or questions. We do our um, six again after three thirty. Uh, we'll go through your questions and put them to Kempi. So double eight double three. You want to talk internationals? You want to talk state of origin? Uh, give us a bell. Uh, we're going to chat with Jesse Arthur's Warriors centre. He's coming up after the break. SCNZ. Hard hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is running it straight on SCNZ. Yeah, well, it is arguably one of the biggest games in Warriors Club history uh, this Sunday afternoon at Mount Smart is the first game for the Warriors at home in nearly three years. Quite remarkable. And uh, they touched back on the ground this week. And joining us, very special privilege to have... uh, one of their centres on the show, Jesse Arthur's name this week to take on uh, the Tigers on Sunday. And he joins us now. G'day, Jesse. Hey, bro. Thanks for having me. Hey, Jesse. Thanks for coming on, mate. You guys have touched down back in New Zealand. You've had a porphyry from Ngāti Whātua welcome you back onto the club. What's it been like, mate? How's the emotion uh, for this weekend's game? Yeah, bro. It's been awesome. Uh, I obviously flew in uh, a couple of days ago and, you know, we had a few fans and, and a bit of media at the airport which was pretty welcoming and then we had that forfeit at the club um, so you know for someone like myself coming back to New Zealand it was um, it was pretty special I haven't been back here for a long time and obviously a lot of the boys have been away for you know best part of three years so it was um, it was a pretty cool way to come back into into the city and, and um, get around around the people at the club again and and for myself to, to you know be on the inside of the building for the first time, it was um, pretty special seeing all some of the memorabilia and stuff like that on the wall. So it's been um, pretty cool so far. 
What was the first thing you did, mate, when you touched back in New Zealand? Is there like a, a fast food joint or something that you had to go to straight away when you got back? Uh, the first thing I did, um, nah, oh, actually, bro, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but um, when we had lunch, bro, they had like wraps and stuff like that. Yeah, I went down and got a pie, it was all good. Just like to the local bakery. <laughs> That's fantastic. What, what's your go-to, mate? Steak and cheese? Yeah, I went and got steak and cheese, eh, because the pies in Aussie are pretty trash, so <laughs> I just, yeah, went to the closest run at steak and cheese. Me. Oh, that's awesome, mate. Hey, um, you grew up here in Auckland. You're playing for uh, East Coast Bay's Barracudas, probably with the Warriors shirt on on the weekends. Um, I imagine putting that on for the first time, that Warriors jersey, was a pretty special feeling. But what's it going to be like for you running out at Mount Smart on Saturday? It's sort of spiritual home of this club for the best part of 23 years. Yeah, bro. It's um, Obviously, coming to the club, being a New Zealand boy, it was pretty special for myself. But I think... Um, you know, coming back to Mount Smart and actually playing in front of some some home fans. And, you know, I've got a lot of friends and family that I'm sure will try and make the trip out. So, um, you know, not just for myself, but the whole the whole playing group, it's going to be a um, you know, real special one on Sunday. So everyone's really looking forward to it. Mate, you remind me a lot of Nigel Wagner and the way that he used to get out of dummy half, especially your running style and the way that you scored tries too. Who do you look up to or, and, and inspired you uh, from when you were a little kid waving that flag to now wearing that Warriors jersey? Um, yeah, obviously, you know, as a young kid, like when Shawnee was coming through, he was um, he was massive for, like, you know, my my um, group coming through. So Shawnee was always a uh, pretty big influence on, on the young Kiwi boys. Um, I guess, like, in the, in Australia, I was a big fan of Billy Slater. So I used to play fullback growing up. So I always thought Billy Slater was the man. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, yeah, Shawnee and Billy were pretty two people that I idolised quite a bit. Mm. Another one who, uh, who I know a lot of players idolise, mate, is Stacey Jones, and uh, he, he's come in as the interim head coach uh, with, with Brownie leaving. How's he How's he been going with the squad? He's obviously a club legend. I'm sure a few of the boys have been pinching themselves seeing a childhood hero run around next to him. But uh, but how's he taken on that that head coach role over the last four weeks? And, and is there a point of difference that he's sort of brought to the squad since taking over? Yeah, no, it's been awesome having Stace um, take over. He's been really good for the group, I guess. Obviously, he's been around the group for a long time and, and obviously the club as well. Um, but I think the biggest thing with Stace, man, is he's just trying to simplify it for everyone, like simplify everyone's role, um, you know, and just clearing clearing it up a bit for, you know, the, the players in the squad. So, um, you know, Stace has been awesome for, for the group so far. So, um, you know, hopefully we can you know, put in a good performance um, and, yeah, Put in, put in a good game for Stace. It'll be good. Mm. Hey, mate, you've had a pretty good season, I think, and you're just signed to the Broncos for next year. Have you had the conversation with the Warriors about staying? But, Jesse, would you like to stay here yourself? Yeah, no, it was an interesting situation how it all, um, you know, panned out. Obviously, I'm here for the year, and I've got the contract next year as well. But, um, you know, I, I don't really – I haven't even spoken to the club about anything like that yet. I've just been – Obviously, I missed a bit of footy. I was out through injury, and I, you know, was trying to work work my way back into the team. So, obviously, I've, I've been back in the last couple of weeks. Um, so, we'll just see how the season pans out, bro. Um, you know, I've really enjoyed my time at the club. Uh, it's a good group of boys, and um, it's actually good to be back back on home soil. So, I guess we'll just see how the rest of the year goes, bro. And, and um, yeah, just, just see what eventuates from it. Mate, and uh, just finally, what what's the expectation for for this weekend from you and the boys' point of view? Obviously, it, it's a massive occasion, potentially the biggest on the club's calendar since that opening day in '95. But what have you boys sort of set as an expectation for what you want to put out on the park on Sunday? Oh, 
yeah, we want nothing short of a win, bro. We're going hard. Um, obviously, there's a lot of emotion in in this um, in this game, so I know everyone's going to be, you know, trying to play their best footy, and and you know, ultimately, we want to get that win. So, you know, we've been putting in good work over the last couple of weeks, and obviously had our training session yesterday. Got another one tomorrow, so just need to sharpen up um, a few things, and and we'll be ready to go on Sunday. So, looking forward to it. Actually, just before we let you go, Jesse, mate, there's such a buzz around New Zealand at the moment. Everyone can sense we're in for something special this weekend. Do you guys have the same buzz in camp? Oh, yeah, bro. It's, it's, um, like I said, a lot of the boys that mark this game as a game that they want to be a part of, um, you know, when the challenge got released and they said we were coming over here. So, yeah, there's a massive buzz bro, around the group. Everyone's so excited to be here. And, and like I said, when we got back to the club um, the other day, the welcoming was awesome with the poor footy and stuff like that. So, um, I know, bro. I, I can't wait. Eh? Honestly, it's, um, you know, it's going to be a massive occasion. And and even when we came into town, like you know, everyone's just you know telling us like, welcome back. It's good to have everyone back. And and you know, they're looking forward to the game. So it's um it's going to be a special one. Oh, mate, it's going to be awesome. A, a packed Mount Smart Stadium. It's not often you get a, a sellout for a regular season game, mate. So uh, it's going to be awesome. I hope you've uh, you've managed to get a few extra tickets. I imagine a few uh, family and friends have come out of the woodwork over the last uh, few weeks trying to get some tickets off you. Uh, so uh, enjoy it on Sunday, mate. It's, yeah, going be, it's going to be an awesome occasion, mate. We're really looking forward to it. Um, can't wait to see the boys back out there live again after after basically three years. Um, it, it's going to be fantastic. So go well, enjoy it, and uh, and we'll catch up again soon. Yeah, legend, mate. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. There you go. Jesse Arthur's uh, Warriors Centre there. And, uh, well, man, I'm fired up for Sunday. I absolutely cannot wait. Um, we'll get some news with Johnny Mack, uh, then your questions for our Six Again segment. If you want to uh, text run through 8833, we've got a, a couple more spaces left if you want to flick one through, and we'll uh, we'll get to those after news with Johnny Mack. S-E-N-Z. That's Six Again. Six Again. Six again, uh, six questions that we're going to put to uh, to Kempi, and we're going to discuss this before we get to that. Though Kempi, um, Jesse Arthur's, um, we'd love to see him signed on. I'd love to see him signed on. Oh look, I, I think I think you haven't seen the best of Jesse Arthur's. I don't know what's going on down there, but mate, get the kid signed. He's growing into he's growing into that frame, and he's only going to get better. Correct. Yeah, he's got that sort of physique, doesn't he? That that tells you that he's going to be a, like one of those running, almost like a Joe Mano, one of those running centres that can. It's really you know, interesting. There, he's talking about fullback too. You know, like mm. you, you sort of need that cover so he can play centre wing fullback. It's. Mate, every NRL team needs players like that. 100%. Okay, six questions right off the text machine on double eight, double three. Let's get to question number one. Hell, tackle one. This one comes from Brendan. It says, uh, question for Kempe, why don't we see any charge down attempts for conversions as so many games are close and that pressure on a kicker could get you the W? Are you now charging down in rugby league, Kempe? No, you're not. That, 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 that's actually a rule. You've actually got to stand still and you're not allowed to stand under the goalpost. Oh. So it's when a kicker um, shapes up to kick at a goal, there has to be no movement so that he can actually just get on with his kick and kick that wow. goal. The only, the only pressure that the kicker's got is a time clock. And um, that's probably why there was that incident a couple of weeks ago. I think it was Penrith. They complained that there was the trainer who ran out in front of... Very interesting. I didn't know that, Kempe. There you go. Brendan, that's nice. Let's move on to tackle two. That's two. Get off him. Two. Uh, this one doesn't have a name, but it says, do you think we need a better national provincial competition in New Zealand, something in comparison to the Queensland Cup or the New South Wales Cup? Oh, it's, the, it's, the answer. it's the answer to New Zealand rugby league growing. Mm. 100%. That's the best text ever. If we get a national competition, we get pathways into that national competition, which then leads into pathways into the NRL. It's a no-brainer. Fantastic. Let's go tackle three. Tackle three! 
Uh, this one's from Steve, and it says, Kempi, why don't we have a Pacific Cup or something similar at the end of the NRL season? Well, that's basically because the NRL controls the windows. And what happens if you run competitions at the end of the year, NRLs own the players, and they want to get their players ready for the off-season. They have basically a six-week break, and then they come back in a pre-season and prepare. And what clubs don't like doing is sending their players away, especially if they're carrying injuries, into a long off-season program. So um, I just think they got to get over it. I just think they got to call and say, this is what's going to happen, and allow them to play it. And, and if that happens, then you, again, you've got to look at changing your windows. Maybe not a 24, uh, 25, 26-week competition. It mm. needs to be shortened. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, let's go to tackle four. That's four. Get back four. Another, this is a good one from Jeff. Um, hi boys, what's this trend with team uh, that teams are using, letting the high balls bounce instead of catching them? And I guess um, when you look at State of Origin, those Burton bombs, no one wanted to get underneath those. But yeah, but I've Burton, noticed that. Clary, I've noticed a bit more of them in the NRL. Can be guys happy to let the ball land. That's dangerous, isn't it? Well, it, it is. If you're a coach, you 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 know the coach killers. So you you know you you put players in position so they can catch the ball. But there is something going on with these these new these new balls. They they are floating a hell of a lot more. Yeah. And players now are becoming experts at actually hitting them in the right spot. Uh, not just from like um, set plays, but from kickoffs. Now you notice kickoffs now they're going all over the place. Yeah. Um. And and the two players to watch are Burton and Cleary. Mate, no one wants to be under those. That Burton bomb I just never seen anything like that it disappeared off the screen you know it almost went into the lights um, yeah but I've noticed that as well too Jeff a lot of teams are letting those balls bounce okay final tackle last tackle this is the last um, someone sticks here Tom he says um, Kempi I was really impressed with Brandon Smith for the Kiwis and I'm wondering how he should be used is he a starting hooker or does he play that role like he does at Melbourne best yeah, that's a really good question. Um, whoever came up, you know, Tom was sending that one, in. and and that's the million dollar question. How is Madge going to use him through the World Cup to get the best out of him? Because he he can't play eighty minutes. No, you know what I mean. And Kevin Kieran Foran coming on just to fill that gap while he has a rest. I don't know if that's going to get you across the line. So. Um, yeah, we need you know someone to step up. Young Clark from the Titans, they got bought into the Kiwi team. Is he the answer to put in there um, and to maybe start and Brandon to come on after that? Man, that's a, that's a million dollar question. I I would start with Brandon, one hundred percent. Yeah, but I would have someone uh, unlike Karen Foran on the bench. I would actually go for a de- a designated hooker in that position on in fourteen. Brilliant. There you go. There's your six again for this Wednesday. Uh, we do it every week, every Wednesday after 3.30. You can text your questions in on double eight, double three. Always love the discussion. Um, we'll take a short break. When we come back, uh, we'll go through our round run through. It's round 16. Plenty of good matchups this weekend. So we'll rip into that right after this. SENZ. Have your say on the great game of rugby league. 0800 150 811. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Round 16 this weekend in the NRL and I've got a couple of games that I'm very interested in and uh, we'll see what Kempi thinks as well. Let's start off with tomorrow night, the late night 9.50 game on a Thursday from Four Pines Park Stadium in Sydney. It is the Seagulls 
and the Storm. And now uh, Jake Travojevic and Dale, uh, Daly Cherry Evans have both been named to back up uh, after Origin, and then they've got all their internationals back as well. Uh, Munster has been named, but could be in doubt. He's got a bit of a shoulder niggle, and uh, Felice Kafusi um, has flown over to the US for a family uh, reason, so he's not going to be in the side. Um, Storm second, Seagulls tenth. Kempe, is it as straightforward as a, as a Storm easy win, or are the Seagulls going to? Oh, look, I, I think losing Munster and Kafusi is a bit is a uh, two big losses. But I think having Jerome Luai and the and the and basically Brandon Smith going back into the side. Um, Gets Melbourne over across the line. I think they're still a, you know, they, they deserve the the top two um, position, and probably just too good for Manly. I'm still waiting for Manly to fire. You know, well, you um, don't know what you're getting. Exactly. Week in, week out. Exactly. Yeah. And without Tom, it's there's just not that consistency. Mate, gave that game um, gave that game away against the Cowboys. Should have had him in the bag. Yeah, true. Um, the Friday night, the early night, well, early for Australia, late for us, eight o'clock. Um, the Knights twelfth v the Titans sixteenth. Now, this one is one of my ones of circle can be because I was tipping the Titans earlier in the week than they're at about $2.25. Kalen Ponga gets ruled out with that concussion after Origin 2. They're pretty much dead even now in the odds. I know the Titans are sitting in last place but I think this is a game that they would circle and they've now got um, you know they've got Alexander Brinsom's move back into that fullback position. Toby Sexton in the halves with uh, with Paul Turner. I don't know. I feel like this could be it for the Titans, a chance to, to get one. Yeah, they're not that bad a team. No, you know, they shouldn't be down there. And I agree with you. I think losing Kalen Ponga um, is a massive loss for Newcastle. Even though they're playing at home and they're my team, mm-hmm. I think the Titans will be too good. There you go. Um, get on those odds because they're actually pretty tasty at the moment. Um, the late night Friday game, 9.55, is the Panthers, who are, of course, in first position, and the Roosters in ninth. Uh, the Panthers are playing at home at Blue Bet Stadium. Another one that I've circled. Um, all the Origin guys will back up for Penrith and they had a lot of them, Cleary, Luai, uh, To'o, Crichton, Martin, Isaiah Yo, Api, Coruscant. Um For the Roosters, Luke Carey's still out with concussion. Um, so Sam Walker's going to play that halfback role with Drew Hutchinson. Um, Tedesco will be back. Daniel Tupo will be back. Angus Crichton will be backing up. But they're almost like Manly, aren't they, the Roosters? They haven't really found that consistent form. And they can they can play an amazing game of football when they want to. Yeah, and Sam, Sam Walker and Luke Carey really haven't gelled all year. I think nah. that's the major problem yep. uh, with the club. So, you know, Luke Carey being out. I, look, I don't know whether Luke Carey plays too much more football. Seriously. Really? I think, He's I think 30 this, years old, which always surprises me. I think me. this could be his last year. So... Um, I'm going to give them probably another month, and then I'm going to put a line through the through the Roosters. But Pan, the Panthers, mate, the Panther. What do you come out of Origin when you play like that? I reckon they're going to put put some points on the on the Roosters on the weekend. Could be a big one. Um, yeah, the the Roosters were a team that I had like premiership favourites this year, so I just don't know what's happened to them. Um, the Saturday night five o'clock game is the Bulldogs thirteenth and the Sharks fourth at Combat Stadium. The Bulldogs are starting to work it all out, um, but the Sharks. Um, you know, Talakai, Nico Hines coming back from Origin. Um, Dale Finucane, um is, is back in the side as well. You know, Sharks going to stop the momentum for the Bulldogs? Uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think, um, you know, sticking with the same 17 from Mick Potter at the Bulldogs after a good win, you know, up against the Sharks side with, with um, Finucane coming back. Mate, I don't know. I don't think they can. I don't think they can do it. So sharks should be too good in that one. I think. I mean, they're putting a lot of pressure on Burton as well, the Bulldogs. And I just wonder if him going back into that New South Wales setup, where you know he was back with those familiar faces, back with Cleary and and, Luai and was able to play a bit more freely out in the centres. I'm not saying 
he isn't isn't a he shouldn't be in the halves. But I just think he's got a lot of pressure on him at, at the Bulldogs. Oh, you know? a, hell, a hell of a lot more than he had when he was at Penrith because he didn't yeah. have anyone that could take the pressure off him. So, yeah, um, yeah he'll, look, he'll go back, and you know, there's talk about Burton uh, his contract going through the roof now that he's he's played that Origin game. Uh, mate, they're still sitting at the wrong end of the table and they're coming up against the top eight side. So I think it'd be too tough. Uh, probably the game of the round, 7.30 on a Saturday, is the Cowboys sitting in third and the Broncos in fifth. The Cowboys, um, they're going to get their origin guys back. Uh, Holmes, Tuolangi, uh, Jeremiah, Nanai, um, Tom Lolo come back from playing for Tonga. Um, the Broncos have Adam Reynolds back, which is a massive a plus for them, him coming back into the side. I'm going Cowboys, Kempi, but I wouldn't be surprised. I would game, not be surprised. Game of the round. Yeah. Honestly, game of the round, uh, the Queensland Derby, and you've got Reynolds coming back. I know you've got a lot of boys coming back from origin, but I just think that uh, the Cowboys are just in too good a form at the moment, and they'll get this one in a close one. Uh, another game that is not the game of the round, but it is actually going to be quite close, I think, Saturday evening. It's the Eels and the Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs in seventh, Eels in sixth. Now, Latrell Mitchell is back for the Rabbitohs. They've got Damien Cook backing up after Origin. Did, only played 46 minutes, so he'll be relatively fresh. Cameron Murray, um, he passed an HIA, so he's ready to go. Uh, you know, it's six plays seven. The Eels are up and down. I think um, Dylan Brown's going to come in very confident after the Kiwis game. So I'd pick the Eels, Kempe, but this could also be a very tasty encounter on Saturday night. Yeah, and it's normally a really good game, this one. Mm. Uh, South Sydney against uh, the, the Parramatta Eels. I'm going for South Sydney. I think Latrell Mitchell, uh, he's got 80 minutes to, to pick himself in that third origin, and I think he'll be the difference. Uh, we'll just skip over the Warriors game, come back to that last. Uh, Dragons-Raiders on Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Um, the Raiders are favourites in this one. They're sitting below the Dragons on the table. Dragons have cracked the top eight. I think they're starting to get a bit of momentum. Um, ben Hunt is... In a little bit of doubt, he picked up a bit of a niggle in Origin too. Um, but I, I feel like this is the Dragons to lose, Kempi. They're, they're tipping the Raiders in the bookies, but yeah, I look, I'm, it's a Mont Gong as well. I, I know, I know, it's a real hard place to go and play, but mm. it's not too far for them to travel. Cameron, they have to go all the way up to Newcastle. So, uh, look, I, I think that the Jack Whiten is the is the uh, the inclusion in this that yeah. changes Canberra when they were on their roll. When mm. he went out, they they sort of got a little bit rocky again. Uh, having him back in the side, I'm actually picking Canberra to get this one. Yeah, you got a, a younger Monet in the halves, but then you've got Fogarty Whiten for Canberra. Look, that, I, don't that know, is a, I don't know if a Monet can come back no, that quickly. No, and, you know that'll be pl- that game against that against the Kiwis will be playing on his mind quite yeah, significantly. Absolutely. Um, all right, the big game on Sunday. We're calling it here on SCNZ. It's going to be an absolutely uh, fantastic occasion. Kempi, I absolutely cannot wait. Warriors-Tigers. Gee, I, I, I think the Warriors are going to do it. I really do think, think they're going to do it. I think the emotion of the occasion. It's not the emotion like a grand final brings, right, where there's a lot of that sort of nerve and tension and expectation. It, it's almost, I think, going to be a release for them. You know, and they're gonna. It's it's that relief of like we're home, we're playing in front of the, this massive crowd that is our home fans cheering us on. I just think they get it done. Well, everything everything's pointing that way, isn't it? You know, they're home. It's sold out. They've they've had a wonderful week at home where everyone's supporting them, um, and there is no other uh, way to say this, but they must get a win. Yeah, they've got to get a win, and if they can get states can get the message over and use some type of theme to make sure that they start the game well, and we saw that they started the game well in the first twenty, but they couldn't hold it for the full eighty. Mm. If they can start the game well and hold it for the full eighty against a West Tigers team that can only score thirteen points on the average a game, they win it hands down. Only got thirty seconds. I love um, you and Aiken to the centres. I think that's a call that's been yeah. long overdue, um, and they obviously got the Jesse Arthur's who we've talked to. He's coming in as well, but other than that, it's a pretty strong. Look looking Warriors side so 
yeah, I think um, it's going to be a great day on Sunday at Mount Smart. Like I said, SCNZ live commentary. We are going to be there from, I think, about 2 o'clock doing a big build-up um, and then doing the show, uh, the game live. Me, I'm looking you, forward to me, it. Me, you and Staffy. I know, mate. I can't <laughs> wait. Team. I can't wait. And I'm looking forward to Sean Johnson. Uh, this is his chance to just really nail it. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to take one more short break. When we come back inside the 10, Kempi is going to take a deep dive into an area of the game. Can't wait to hear that. We'll do that after the break. SCNZ. Hard-hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SCNZ. We've only got about a minute and a half to finish up, Kempi, but uh, inside the 10, you take a deep dive into an area of the game, and to, uh, today we want to talk about um, the ruck. What has changed over the past, I don't know, 10 years or so in the ruck? Is it faster, slower, more physical, etc., and how teams use it as a strategy on attack and defence? Oh, all, all of the above. It's definitely got faster and and more physical because of the wrestle, so it takes up a lot of energy, but I tell you what, the players have become more streamlined and a lot fitter, and a number of front rowers now playing 80 minutes, which is really difficult in, in Today's um, today's age and the game that's played at such a such a hot pace, but you know most of the most of the front rowers now that play in the middle of the park, their halves and front row bodies, they've got to be able to pass the football. Um, you know, some of them can can kick a football if they need to, but yeah, it's just you know not just about crash and bang anymore. No. They've got so much more to do. And, and is it as simple as, you know, on attack, you're wanting to obviously speed up that ruck as quick as you can on defence, you're just wanting to slow it down, get your boys back on side, or is there more to it than that? Well, there's this one thing. If the ruck isn't going um, well at all, you lose your game. It's where the game is won and lost. It's yeah, that which, simple. Which is interesting because it's not an area that a lot of casual viewers watch. They want to see the backs, you know, flicky passes and offloads and everything, but the ruck is just so important. Mate, you can have Andrew Johns behind a bad ruck and go nowhere. There you go. That is uh, running it straight for another week. We'll be back next Wednesday from 3 o'clock. There's never enough time in the day, is there? Um, we'll be here on Sunday as well for live commentary of the Warriors and the Tigers on SCNZ. The Run Home coming up next. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.